Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is a podcast about witchcraft and spooky stuff and whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we have a pretty good episode today, I think. Yeah. I think it's pretty good or great. I mean, I think that all of our episodes are great. <laughs> Why don't we go a step further and say it's awesome? All right. We have an awesome episode today. We're going to talk about Lily of the Valley. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A little a little folklore, a little herbal medicine. Maybe I will get off my button post on our Instagram with a picture of my own Lily of the Valley plant. You should. I should. You should. <laughs> There's only one way to find out if I do. That is to, in fact, go to our Instagram, which is... 5C2P pod. Yes, it is. <laughs> we even have fairy tales today, dude. I'm psyched. We haven't had fairy tales in a while. It, it, yeah, that's true. It has been a while. And we've got some cool some cool folklore. And yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah. So we'll get into all of that in a moment. But first, I'm going to kick things off and light our ritual candle. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a beaut. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to confess, like, I was really high energy when I got up this morning, and then I yoga'd and vacuumed and then fixed a fucking hole in my kitchen floor, and now I'm like, oh. So this is, I feel like this is, like, bringing me back up again. So... <laughs> we're, we're getting there we're 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 gonna we're gonna thrive throughout this episode but this is kind of a nice break after a long ass fucking week i am so jealous of your energy dude that you like <laughs> wake up and you're like i'm gonna do things because i usually like wake up and i'm like i'm gonna do things and then as soon as i like get out of bed i'm like video games oh uh, that's fair i mean honestly <laughs> it's just this was a fucking long hard shitty week and that's all I did yesterday was basically like stayed in bed until one and then got up and was like, I want to do stuff. And then I was ripped up some stuff on my kitchen floor. I was like, oh, there's a hole. I was like, okay, well, uh, I'll fix that later. I'm going to play <laughs> Civ 6. <laughs> <laughs> and then I played Civ 6 for like nine hours. It was great. <laughs> I'm doing a religious victory. And let me tell you, I've really hit my stride. I'm converting cities to green witchcraft left and right. It's Ooh, fucking awesome. Awesome. That's right. Dude. I made my own religion. <laughs> nice. I love that. It's pretty dope. <laughs> Plus, it's a couch co-op game uh, because I'm playing with Engineer Dan, and there's just not enough of those. And I, I like the past, the controller. Like, I like couch co-op shooting games and stuff like that, too. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of them are just, like, they're for kids. And I'm like, well, what about couples that want to play together or roommates or whatever? And I'm like, I don't buy in a whole second game system so I can play, like, whatever online <laughs> in the same house. <laughs> just that's not me. So... I really enjoy the fact that we can just pass the controller back and forth and do other stuff like make notes for this episode yeah. while we're playing. I actually, last night I was playing Animal Crossing. Yes, I'm back into Animal Crossing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was pondering the thought as I was playing, like looking at the wall that the TV's on. So the TV is on like a TV stand, but the wall is big enough to like hang another tv above my tv is that overkill is that like too much gaming 
Am I insane? What are you going to do with the second TV? Well, I was thinking that if Brian needed to be playing his hockey game when I really wanted to play my games, that (laughs) we could just have two TVs. Uh, That's fair. And you do have the room for it. My question would be, would that be incredibly distracting? Because that would drive me crazy. If I was playing an active game, like if it was Civ, maybe not so much. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, having, like, Dan play hockey while I'm trying to play, like, Final Fantasy or something like that, where, like, there's a lot going on on the two screens, I would find that really distracting. So the only thing that would be distracting for me would be sound from the hockey game. Oh, right. But you could both have um, headphones on. We could both have headphones on, yeah. We could both have headphones. I don't... He doesn't usually play with sound on his game anyway, I rely on sound when I play like RPGs and stuff yeah, because you know sometimes important. dangers are coming <laughs> yeah, and, needs, and the sound alerts you. <laughs> exactly, you need that Zelda like do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like one of us could play on the like you know sixty-five inch bottom TV, and I'm pretty sure I could fit another sixty-five inch like on oh, the yeah, wall above for sure. it. You for sure could. Maybe I'll do it someday. Not right now, because I, st- I need to clean the rest of my apartment first. That's the priority, <laughs> is cleaning my apartment, you guys. I like that your solution was just to mount two TVs on top of each other, as opposed to like putting one and its entire system in the, like, the bedroom. Oh, no. <laughs> we both like playing on the couch. That's fair. And I don't like, like, we have a TV in the bedroom. It's much smaller, though. It's, it's, it's only like 36 inches, and for me, that's not big enough to play my games on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 not not with yeah. the graphic quality anymore. No, so uh, but honestly, I don't really like having a TV in the bedroom. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I I flip flop. I don't love gaming in the bedroom, but I know if I had a TV and a game system in the bedroom, I would. I had one in cooking school. That was like because I just boarded and had a room, and so I had I had the TV and my N64 GameCube or whatever it was at that point. I think GameCube. And yeah, I definitely did a lot of that. A lot of like, wake, run downstairs, like go get a coffee, eat some ramen, and then just crawl like back into bed. Or a lot of sitting on the foot of my bed like I was 12 mm-hmm. and, and playing video games across the room <laughs> like that. I kind of miss it sometimes. Like I like that. I like the feeling of like my bedroom's always been sort of like my own personal space. And it's not anymore, clearly. Like, it's a very much shared space. But I feel like if I put a TV, especially one with a game system or a way to stream movies in there, then I would just, like, retreat into it. Oh, yeah. And that would, like, I would stop. <laughs> I would stop coming out of my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, see, that's another problem for me. Like, if I have the option of laying in bed all day, I will. Yeah. Some days, the only thing that gets me out of bed is going to the couch to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I wish I could just stay like stay in bed and stream movies not on my laptop and just like hang out and do that. I actually even said to Dan while we were playing Civ uh earlier this week, I wish that we either had this setup in the bedroom or a bigger, comfier couch because we have a very old, shitty couch. That isn't squishy. It's a very hard, formal couch. But it was free, and the cats wreck everything. So mm-hmm. I'm not really inclined to get a new one. But, man, I, it was like, I was just in that, like, I'm very content. I'm very relaxed. I wish I was, like, 
in my PJs, the blankie over me, like snuggled into my couch, just like really chilling. But sitting on that couch, there's always a measure of like, do I sit this way? Do I sit that way? Oh, <laughs> like, no. there's, it's just not a comfortable it's just not a comfortable <laughs> sitting situation. You can't really get in it. And I just wanted to be in it. <laughs> That's fair. I actually prefer a firmer couch. My couch is pretty firm, too. Yeah, but yours is nice and deep. Yeah, that's and true. And so you can really curl up on it. Like, I can sit cross-legged on mine, uh, sort of yoga style, my legs all tucked up, and, and that's fine, but it's very it's very narrow. Like, yeah. You can't really, like, snuggle on it or anything like that. Yeah, no, you can't. And it's not long enough to lay down and sleep on, either. So it makes it hard. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's the worst. It's like six (laughs) inches too short to really lay comfortably and stretch out on it. And yeah, I, so maybe, maybe it's just my way of saying I'm trying to work myself up into getting a new couch, but yeah, I, I'm back in the video game train lately and I, I got, I got way off of it and now I'm playing like something called Octopath, which is super cute. Oh, cool. And yeah, and Civ Six, and I'm looking at that new Resident Evil game. Oh, I haven't seen anything about a new Resident oh. Evil game. Yet. But you know what? The <laughs> Resident Evil games give me anxiety. <laughs> I don't That's like my heart racing like that when I play a video game. That's a fact. They're fucking terrifying. <laughs> like unless I'm like just outright murdering something that I know is coming for me, and that I can see before it gets to me. I don't want. I really don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, this one's called Village. And it's got all the spooky, like, backwoods werewolf vibe that I want in a horror game. (laughs) But, yeah, I know I'll get, like, half a chapter in and be like, "Mm, nope. (laughs) 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 But I still want it. (laughs) Yeah. It's the jump scares for me, man. I don't like them. Fucking worst. I don't like them. They're the worst. Not my fave. Well, you were telling me earlier before we started recording that you had a little bit of a scare with your neighbor's cat this week. And oh, my gosh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So last night I was sitting on my porch. It was like 1.30. Brian had gone to bed. I was just kind of sitting out there. And I hear something coming up the stairs. And I hear like this little like noise. So I look over and I see the cat's ears, the neighbor's cat's ears. It's an indoor-outdoor cat. There's like a little cat door on their back door so it can go in and out. And I see it walking towards the door and something is in its mouth. And it's not just like a small mouse. It's big. Like I'm immediately like, ew, that's a dumpster rat. (laughs) Like probably, I thought it was a rat. I thought it was a rat. I didn't see a tail hanging, but I was like, that's about, you know, rat-sized. And I saw it going towards the cat door, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, hey, psst, Shy Shy. Its name is Shy Shy. <laughs> or Shiloh, but everybody calls it Shy Shy. And, and she looks at me. And I was like, don't you bring that in there. So she turns around and starts going down the stairs. And I'm like, oh, phew. And then I was like, fuck, I should see if that's still alive. <laughs> that is the most Lindsay <laughs> approach. <laughs> I would be like, ew, 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 drop it, kick it off the fucking roof and never like think about it ever again. Be like, that doesn't exist. That didn't happen. And you're like, I must save it. (laughs) I was too late to save it. By the time I had like thought, oh, I should make sure that it's, you know, if it's dead, then it's really dead. And if it's alive, you know, I should try to save it. 
So I start going down the stairs and I see the cat. It's at the bottom of the stairs and it's looking back at me and it starts like slowly walking away. But it was dark (laughs) down there. So by the time I finally got down there, I looked around for her and I couldn't find her anymore. Well, I'm sure she, I'm sure it was thoroughly dead and she disposed of it somewhere else. (laughs) I hope it was thoroughly dead. But the sound that I heard when the two of them were coming up the stairs didn't really sound like a cat sound. So Uh, it's fair. Kenway, when he catches something, um, because he has occasionally caught mice in the apartment, uh, he makes this noise that he only makes when he has an alive, dead creature, like a, a, an actual creature, not a toy in his mouth. Like an I'm trying to talk, but my mouth is full noise. It's like, it's a, this is mine, and I am an apex predator noise. Oh. And it's like, oh. and like he noise? only makes that when he's got something in his mouth that he caught. Okay, this noise was a little different. It was kind of like a squeak, like a like a kind of like squeak noise. And I was like, "That's weird." And that was what made me look over. Well, whatever whatever happened to whatever was in its mouth, you did your neighbor a solid. Because can you imagine (laughs) waking up to either a dead rat or a dead baby bunny or something like just in like in the middle of your floor or like next to you in bed or like I would freak out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I hope that it didn't end up in there, but I did get a closer look at it as the cat was running down the stairs and it did look like a bunny, like a, a, it had fur, but it was like a small rabbit. I think It, it didn't have a tail, not a long one at least. And it would have been ultra traumatizing. I think for the, my neighbor's kid. Oh to yeah. Wake up to it. She's <laughs> yep. like, I don't know, seven or eight now, and they they own four bunnies. Yeah, that would have been bad. Oh my god, that yeah. would have been really bad. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> kudos to you. High five. <laughs> Doing your neighbor a solid, watching out for that cat, <laughs> because you just saved that cat from going up for adoption. <laughs> Well, why don't we take a little break and we'll come back and we'll talk all about Lily of the Valley. Sounds good, dude. Well, see you soon, witches. Welcome back. Thanks, dude. Okay. Lily of the Valley. Ooh, I like how you pointed. You did like that. <laughs> I know. The if pointing. only people could like see us while we're recording. <laughs> and I d- I've de- t- determined in order to keep my hands from flailing around too much and mostly karate chopping my mic stand, uh, I now stand mostly with my hands on my hips, exactly like my mom does when she's like doing chores or telling us to like pick up our toys or whatever. It's just this very like mom stand where it's like the back of my hands planted in. <laughs> to my hip <laughs> <laughs> which is my way of saying happy mother's day mom <laughs> so we're going to talk about lily of the valley and this came sort of up to mind whatever was chosen because of a couple things one it grows in my garden and two uh we mentioned lily of the valley on our walpurgis knock episode yeah we did So I wanted to kind of come back to it because I think a lot of times we're like, oh, that'd be great. That's a whole other episode. And then we never do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is probably like Lily of the Valley has come around a couple of times. So 
uh, it's time to, to get off our haunches and actually talk about it. Yeah, I think it's a great subject for right now. For sure. Yeah. So it is a Mayflower. It's been around for fucking forever, uh, since like a thousand before Common Era. So it's it's just sort of a native plant to all kinds of places. Very European um, and has been brought over. There's different wild versions that grow here in North America as well. But it grows spring through the summer in more northern temperate zones. And if you've never seen it before, it has sort of tall uh, tall stems, sort of grassy colored green. That's that's the color I'm going with. <laughs> and <laughs> the stems are covered in tiny little bell-shaped white flowers. They're so cute. They're super cute. They're very fragrant. Uh, so they are one of the most fragrant spring and summer blooming flowers, which we should have maybe between maybe in our next break we'll run down and smell them oh <laughs> yeah because i've never actually smelled my lily of the valley before yeah i can't say that i've ever like actually sniffed a lily of the valley before no i've heard i've smelled like lily of the valley perfumes and stuff like that but they're always mixed in with other scents right and that's often uh, made from unless you're getting really high-end perfume it's usually a synthetic fragrance. Oh, yeah, I'm so, sure. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure what they smell like, but yeah. we'll check and we'll find out and yeah. tell you. <laughs> uh, but more than anything, this falls into our poisonous plant category. Ooh. So this is one of a few poisonous plants that we've done and want to sort of call out that it is all the way poisonous. All parts of this plant are extremely toxic to pets. So if you're like, oh, man, I really love that episode. I'm going to go get one. Make sure you're putting it somewhere where your pets absolutely positively cannot get it. This isn't like, oh, your cat will seem weird and vomit. Like, this is really bad. So don't uh, don't put it anywhere where, you know, your pet might be a dum-dum and chew on it. Now, is it poisonous to humans, too? It has a toxicity level. So y yes and no. It does have medicinal uses, but it is not a plant that you would just like ingest willingly, I suppose. So there are can you smoke <laughs> it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, this is one of those you should not smoke plants. There are a few things that you can do with it. We'll get into in a little bit. Uh, maybe with some beverages, but... Uh, you really need to know what you're doing. So you either need to be a medical professional or a trained poison apothecary. Okay, cool. This isn't, yeah, this isn't one of those ones we're going to dick around with. We don't know enough, nearly enough. <laughs> but we know a little <laughs> bit, and so we're going to share that with you. So it has a whole bunch of varieties that come with fun Latin names. Don't they all? And what would 5C2PP be if I didn't struggle through some Latin? <laughs> So here we go. Strap in. This particular herb, Kelly, uh, comes in a variety of colors and floral patterns. And the first one is, oh boy, or ooh, no, <laughs> Oreo marginata, and that one has cream uh, with yellow-edged leaves. So the like the leaves themselves on the plant are cream with yellow edges. The green variety, which is a native to North America, is called 
Convaleria majuscule, that one I can pronounce. Uh, and it is basically the one that you might find in the wild. So this does grow at this point native to North America and you can find it in like shaded, moist, woody areas. And it kind of provides like a carpeting sort of effect because the leaves grow really close to the ground, but the stalks um, shoot up and that's where the little flowers are. And there's one that has pink flowers which is a Magellus variety, and the flowers are less fragrant than the white kind, but same, same shape, same look. Just the flowers are kind of pinky. And one last one for today, because there's, there's a whole bunch, but I like this one. It was called Bordeaux, because I like wine. And <laughs> it produces large white flowers on long stalks. So it looks very similar to your gen like more general lily of the valley, but the flowers are sizably larger. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's quite pretty. <laughs> Neato, dude. But yeah, there's all kinds of different varieties, and with different varieties come a whole bunch of different names. Now, not just the Latin names, the folk names. I love it. I love it. So... Yeah, uh, you can see uh, Lily of the Valley being called by certain people Maybells, which, you know, makes a whole bunch of sense to me since they they grow start and bloom blooming in <laughs> May. Yeah. Uh they're called they they can be called Our Lady's Tears and Mary's Tears, Jacob's Ladder or Ladder to Heaven. And there's uh, a few other names that I read too that we didn't write down, but these were the most popular that I think we both saw yeah. in doing our research. I've definitely seen Jacob's Ladder, like even in a plant store where it wasn't called Lily of the Valley. It was just called like Jacob's Ladder on oh, the tag. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, uh, some of these are definitely more common than others. Now, this is a super easy to grow plant here in our area in Massachusetts. Uh, it grows, like we said, sort of temperate northern zones. So if you are a gardening enthusiast and you know what zone you are in, this will grow from zone two to zone nine. It's happiest in zone seven through two. Wow. So basically almost everywhere. Um, everywhere that is not like tropical. And it's, it's very easy to plant. So basically if you are like, this is something I want to grow, you plant it in the fall or spring. You choose a spot with plenty of room because uh, they are a type of ground cover and they spread through underground rhizomes. So they're going to send out little crawlies and then shoot up new stalks. I moved mine last year. This year it has already doubled in its space. So wow. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, rhubarb. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Yeah, it's, it's clearly adapting nicely to that area. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> Um, it likes a spot with some shade, so you can train it to grow in the full sun, but it prefers shade to partially shady, and it likes a lot of moisture. So an area where either you are going to water it, which is what I end up having to do, or an area where it's going to get n lots of natural water, and basically you just like dig a hole after you've chosen your spot, add a little compost if you want in that soil, Plop the rhizome in with the pip pointed up. So the pip is like the pointed end. Um, you put that about half an inch below the surface. Fluff the roots around the pip. Uh, I just thought that was fun to say. Say <laughs> 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 so like it's going gonna, it's gonna to have this like little bulb. And then it's going to have a bunch of roots around it. So you want to make sure the roots are spread out, not just sort of crammed in there. Okay. Uh, and then cover it with soil. Water it a bunch and wait for it to come up. So if you plant it in like early spring, is it going to grow that year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
I think if you, I think it's the opposite. So my understanding with things like this is if you plant it in the fall, it'll come up in the spring. Mm -hmm. If you plant it early enough in the spring, it should still come up in the spring. It's like daylilies. You should plant them in the fall, but um, if you plant them in the spring when the soil is warm enough to turn over is how they usually describe it. So if you don't need a fucking pickaxe to get through the like <laughs> the frost cover after sometimes after the last frost sometimes a little bit before it because it's under the ground so that's fine um, but you want to make sure that the soil temperature is warm enough that you can turn the earth over without it being fucking soggy wet because that'll just rot the bulb mm-hmm. um, and then yeah you should be able to but it doesn't give it a lot of time I will say mine came up and went to flower in less than three weeks Oh, wow. They grew fucking fast this year. Oh, wow. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> like, what their hustle was, but <laughs> they bloomed, like, May 1st. And they were... No about, kidding. Yeah, the second week of April, they were, like, an inch above the ground. Holy and, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they were very aggressive. They were like, we have a deadline. <laughs> wow, dude. May 1st. No kidding. Yep. Wow. They were, yeah, they yeah. were on it. They're actually like on their back end of their, their flowering now. Wow. So after you've planted it, maybe you're like, well, now what? Because that's usually my question. Like irises and lilies and stuff like that, tulips. Like what do you do after it flowers? Do you cut it down? Do you like leave it there? Like what do you, how do you take care of it to make sure it comes back next year? And the short answer is you basically leave it the fuck alone. And it's going to, like, the flowers are going to die, and the stalks that the flowers are on are going to turn yellow. Just let them do their thing. The plant is taking all of the nutrients that the flowers had gathered and putting that back into the rhizome. So if you cut it off, it doesn't have a chance to, like, store all that energy to send it runners for new rhizomes. And you just leave it alone. If you don't cut it back after the flowers die, it makes these, like, little inedible orange berries. And then you wait until the fall to to cover it with some compost or mulch or leaves or whatever because you want to give it some protection over the winter if you live in an area that like ours that gets a lot of like ice and snow and freezing temperatures you just want to cover it up a little bit and then you just wait for it to come back up next year that's my favorite kind of plant man. <laughs> right like the one that you just you just plant it and you're like oh, okay yep <laughs> <laughs> i i'm a big fan of so far that little poison garden area that is mostly lily of the valley and hollyhocks yeah just like put them in the ground leave them alone make sure they get some water cover them up in the fall c- uncover them in like april Ta-da! look how good at gardening i am <laughs> <laughs> i want my plants to make it look easy <laughs> You, uh, if you don't have a garden space outside, because I'm, I get it, I'm super fortunate and privileged to have a little yard space, but um, if you want to grow this inside, again, really make sure that this is, like, maybe you don't have pets, or maybe, like, put this in, like, a fucking, I don't know, in the toppiest, tippiest shelf in your house where, like, your cat is absolutely not going to jump to it. Um, you really don't want your pets eating this one, but you can plant this in a container. So you basically wait till the fall dig up a couple of plants, do the same thing, make a little hole in a pot, make sure there's plenty of room, pop your little pip in there, fluff the roots, cover it with soil, water it, put it in like a brightly lit spot, maybe not full sun, but like you want to get some sunlight so that it warms the soil a little bit and it will grow and it'll flower over the winter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, what I don't know is if you can put it back in the ground in the spring. Oh. That I did not look at. (laughs) (laughs) 
fuck. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Update to come on that. <laughs> so naturally since this plant is native to most european countries you would expect there to be a lot of folklore behind it so a lot of folklore a lot of legends i have one legend here about a saint leonard this is my favorite (laughs) there was something about this when i was doing the research yesterday that just I don't know. I love that this is like a Christian legend, and I'm not going to spoil it. But we'll we'll talk more in a second. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and tell it. <laughs> All right. So Saint Leonard was a close friend of King Clovis of France, and Leonard was a super brave guy and well known, and he was a really good fighter, but was also a recluse and just wasn't into life at court. In 559 CE, he asked the king if it was cool if he went and lived in the woods. Uh, He wanted to spend his days with the trees and flowers and communing with God. That was his thing. I'd like to know what communing with God was. (laughs) I think it was probably like, I'm going to be very like pious and be in prayer and meditation. And I'm like... I, I don't think know. he was just, like, masturbating. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I was like, he just wants to be fucking alone in the woods where he can walk around naked and, like, fucking jerk it wherever he wants and, like, lay in the lilies of the valleys and just be like, blip, 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 blip. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's there to judge him. Except for God, I guess. So there was also a dragon who lived in, this, in the woods, though, and the dragon's name was temptation see See, he was totally (laughs) masturbating dude (laughs) so temptation was super pissed that old lenny moved into his spot and invaded his privacy and one day temptation shows up in the form of a dragon to leonard and demands that leonard leaves the woods so while this is happening lenny was was already busy communing with god (laughs) And didn't hear temptation. This is so much better if you just think about it as Leonard masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) So temptation was pissed and burned down Leonard's hut. That got Leonard's attention and they fought. And it was a super hard battle. And there was a lot of blood splatter. And the battle took three fucking days. (laughs) Wherever the dragon lost a drop of blood a poisonous weed began to grow. And wherever St. Lenny's blood fell, a lily of the valley appeared. Now, those two last lines, I did not transcribe or translate in any way. Those are directly from whatever source. Uh, But I liked that it was like, Temptation has a poisonous plant. Lenny has lily of the valley. I'm like, they're both fucking poisonous. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just like a wash in a sea of poisonous plants. <laughs> well, the Germans had figured that out at the time. Maybe, right? maybe the French hadn't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I love that the dragon's name is Temptation. There are dragons written like mentioned in the Bible as this sort of like devil creature, but I just I like that this is like very sort of Arthurian like knight in shining armor that's like, I'm really awesome. No, I just won't be alone. Oh, fuck a dragon. <laughs> 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 and this is like 
Saint Leonard do? Right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's make this one a saint. He's a saint because they didn't catch him. Communing with God. Communing with God, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're children. <laughs> so... There's a whole bunch of other Christian lore around Lily of the Valley, a lot of which I'm sure was uh, somehow appropriated from Celtic cultures and Druidic cultures and pagan cultures from the area of the time because that's just what went down. They were like, ah, I see. We need you to make we need to make you believe what we believe. Let's just take the thing and just alter the names and then ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> and pagans can still like pick the plants they want to plant like pick and use them the way they want to use them. It's just not whatever they called it before. Right. Now it's Mary's tears. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> Fuck off so I can make a poultice. <laughs> So some of the Christian lore and legends say that Lily the Valley was created out of Eve's tears when she was exiled from the Garden of Eden. Um, it was also sort of uh, correlated with Mary's tears and that when Mary cried at the cross, her tears turned into these flowers, which made it a symbol of purity, humility, sweetness, and renewed happiness. I'm like, I don't get how... How watching like somebody you love be fucking crucified turns into sweetness, purity, and renewed happiness. Oh but okay, right. uh, it is a sign of Christ's second coming, and is often called ladder to heaven because of that. And in some areas, Lily of the Valley was thought to have the power to help men envision a better world. Someone S ate some and got high. Right? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> but there's lots of other legends and lore, too. Yeah, there is. There is. Uh, it's the official flower of May Day in France, for example. And the French have a tradition of giving each other this flower on this day. The tradition stems back to May 1st in 1561 when the perfumed flowers were offered to King Charles IX as a good luck token for the coming year. The king took a fancy to this idea and made it a custom to present the ladies of his court with Lily of the Valley flowers every May 1st. Aww. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the national flower of Finland. And I think Engineer Dan told us right before we started recording, also Yugoslavia. Yeah. Yeah, also Yugoslavia. In Germany and Scandinavian countries, it was thought to be good luck to go to the woods and pick virgin's tears in the spring. Now, this is where the Walpurgis knock comes in because you had to pick all the bear's garlic before the witches stole it. But then, you know, that was basically just to make sure you weren't accidentally picking and eating Lily of the Valley instead. But I guess you could also go pick Lily of the Valley afterwards. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, it's often carried in bridal bouquets. Uh, so Lily of the Valley is sometimes considered the fifth thing that a bride should carry right after the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not going to poo-poo it because I actually did that the, the one time I got married. 
Uh, oh, I, I did. I did the you thing. You did? Yeah, I did the thing. I only got married one time too, but I didn't even have flowers. Well, it didn't fucking work. So, I had a <laughs> well, yours did. I had Mine didn't. I had a <laughs> bottle of High Life and a bag of cocaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My something blue was a uh, little finger strap on blue uh, dolphin shaped vibrator. Awesome! <laughs> yes! It was the shittiest vibrator in the world, but it was blue. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch carry that idea a little bit further and will often plant the pips of the Lilia Valley in the first garden that the couple owns. Uh, each time the plant blooms, year after year, the couple is supposed to celebrate the renewal of their love. I've also read that in doing so, it'll help promote the longevity of the union. Oh, I think that's nice. I like the idea of like planting a pl- like a, a plant to commemorate something. Yeah. So I know some people like plant a tree when their child is born to be like, look how big this tree grew along with you and stuff like that. I I dig this one more than the others. Yeah. There's also a bunch of Celtic culture around, like, garden protection and different lore because, you know, same plant, different places, different cultures. Um, So the thought was that Lily of the Valley protects gardens from evil spirits, which is the reason in my garden I planted it on the opposite end by the gate, quote, unquote, I have rosemary for the same reason. And on the opposite end, I uh, framed it with Lily of the Valley. Awesome, dude. Uh, It's thought that fairies are the only ones who are able to hear the ringing of the little white bells and that they use the little flower cups for dew. Oh, for like drinking? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Now, you found one about nightingales. Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. So it's thought that nightingales won't sing until the lily of the valley blooms. And that's because there's an old legend that details how the first lily of the valley fell in love with a nightingale. According to the legend, the nightingale would visit the garden and sing. And the lily of the valley just loved it. Loved the sound of the nightingale's song. But the lily of the valley was shy and would hide away every time the nightingale came. So because of this, the bird became lonely and flew away. And all alone, the lily of the valley waited for the nightingale's return. Eventually, she became so sad that she stopped flowering. Oh, no. But every May, when the nightingale would return, it restored her happiness. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) I love little flower stories. So cute, huh? It's super cute. So cute. (laughs) Well, we've got another little tale about Lily of the Valley and five sisters. Now, this one came up a bunch. Yeah, so I, I this one's super cute. Yeah, I've I've seen a variety of versions, and this is ours. <laughs> so this is our retelling of the tale of five sisters. Once upon a time, when the world was young and magic was common, five fairy sisters went on an errand for the queen. They were each given a tiny white cup one night and told to fill it with dew for the queen's breakfast the following morning. This was pretty early in the evening, and they had lots of time, so they basically decided to procrastinate. And they're, like, just, you know, kids. So they were like, fuck it, we have time. And they hung their cups on a blade of grass and went dancing all night, basically. (laughs) That's, like, every version is like, and then they just danced the night away. I was like, all right. (laughs) 
And it wasn't until the sky was starting to turn pink that they realized that, oh, fuck, it was super early in the morning. It was way too late for them to gather the dew. The sun was coming up, which apparently was bad because um, fairies aren't supposed to be out during the day. They were only in this particular region. They only came out while it was dark. Yeah. So double whoops. Oh. <laughs> And the sisters were super scared and freaked out and ran to get their cops. And all five tried tugging and pulling, but they couldn't get the grass to let go. The handles had grown overnight into the blade of grass. And there was basically, like, no way that they were going to free them. Mm -mm. And just as they began to panic, their fairy godmother appeared. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only one that immediately gets the Cinderella, like, fairy? Okay, good. (laughs) Of course. course. (laughs) (laughs) So their godmother appeared, and she was a very kind lady and had empathy for the sisters, and she was like, okay, I got you. I'll protect you. And... To protect them from the queen's wrath, the godmother tied a big green leaf to each side of this blade of grass to hide the cups. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she couldn't just fucking cut the thing down or cut the cups off. She was just like, she's like, we'll just cover it up. This never happened. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, we'll turn back time. We'll, I'll magically create new cups for you. No, just (laughs) it never happened. Um, so we're not quite sure what happened to the fact that they didn't have any dew for the queen's breakfast. There was no mention of that problem, but, um, and the fact that they had lost the cups. So whatever happened, they, I guess they showed back up. They went home. They're like, whoops, sorry. But the story does say that the cups formed a little ladder on this blade of grass. So for two weeks, um, and basically every night after these sisters went out and played on the flowers, climbing up and down until they wore them out. And when spring came uh, the following year, the ladder grew again where they had played and the sisters were filled with joy to see the flowers. So they basically like played on them until they wrecked them. They died and then they came back. And they're like, <laughs> yay, our toy is back. <laughs> so silly. Uh, so that's the story of the five sisters and Lily of the Valley. But it's sort of thought that when Christianity came uh, to Ireland and Europe, that many um, folkways and legends were changed, which we talk about all the time. Uh, but the fairy ladder became the ladder to heaven or ascension ladder. And the Lily of the Valley became a holy flower. And children would like gather it by the handfuls and put bouquets on the shrine to the Virgin. But in uh, in Ireland and many Celtic cultures, uh, people will still call it fairy ladder instead of lily of the valley. I like that. I li- I just like. I that like thinking that they're little fairy cups. I like that they're little fairy cups from five irresponsible sisters that just went and partied. I feel like this is what maybe your family would have done. Probably <laughs> without any judgment and with all of the like. Yeah, we were like, ah, fuck it. We'll do that later. (laughs) 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 Whoops. Ah, let's just fucking mess around with it some more. (laughs) You're also like the only person I know with like multiple sisters. (laughs) So many sisters. (laughs) (laughs) So it made, it did make me, as I was reading through it, think of like Lindsay and Kelly and Courtney as like little fairy people. My sisters are little fairy people. <laughs> I am a giant, though. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I am the giant one. <laughs> They're all little and, you know, small, and I'm, like, towering over them. <laughs> like I live in the cloud. 
<laughs> I always forget how tall you are until I see us in photos together. And I'm like, <laughs> I come up to your shoulders. <laughs> I'm like your boob height. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I am that short. <laughs> and you are, in fact, that tall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, why don't we take a little break, go sniff some flowers. Oh, yeah, sniff some flowers. <laughs> and we'll come back to talk about the medicinal and magical uses. Love it, dude. See you so soon, witches. Oh, hey. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Never not funny to us. All right, so we took a little break. Lindsay and I went outside to smell the flowers, <laughs> uh, to see what the lily of the valley smells like, and we've learned just how long it's been since I went outside. <laughs> so, correction to what I early shared, my lily of the valley did not start blooming on May 1st. It showed its buds on May 1st. Yes. And from the back porch, two stories up and half a yard away, it looked like it was flowering. It is technically flowering, but those flowers have not yet opened. They haven't. And they don't smell yet like anything yet. Nope. So <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to check back in with everyone and let you know what it smells like. Yeah, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> but we tried. <laughs> So, Lily of the Valley has, as we mentioned and alluded to, a variety of medical uses that, again, sort of taken with a grain of salt. Uh, so, uh, these are these are historical medical uses, and there are some more modern ones. But wanted to share some of the fun things that we that we saw and came up with, and we'll go from there. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of these, like we said. Pretty old. The biggest one and sort of the first recorded use of um, Lily of the Valley medicinally seems to all circle around this guy named John Gerard, who is a 16th century English botanist. And among other recipes, he's well known for using Lily of the Valley for a couple of concoctions. So he's created uh, several elaborate recipes and A couple of them are, let's see, here we go. He said that if you put blossoms from Lily of the Valley into a glass and set the glass in an anthill and covered it for up to a month, the liquid found in the glass after this time would be invaluable for treating pain and grief of the gout. Wow. I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) What a peculiar, like, cure. What a peculiar way to make a concoction, to make a liquid. Like, did he try this more than once? How the fuck did he figure this out? What did the ants have to do with it? Is it like, because they get in there and they like chew it up and spit it out? I don't, what, there's so many unanswered questions. I have no idea. So weird. I figured to me that borders on witchcraft. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's not, but like that borders on like folk medicine, like cunning folk. That is some weird shit. Put the flowers in a glass, bury the gla- glass in an anthill, wait a month, dig it up, drink it. Gout's gone. Like that's so fucking weird. So weird. <laughs> 
he also says uh, a recipe that's a bit easier to carry out. It calls for soaking one half pound of the flowers in a liter of wine for four weeks. This creates a liquor that was considered more precious than gold. Smeared on the forehead and the back of the neck, it was thought to make one have a good common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is the 1500s. So, (laughs) I mean, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if they know that germs exist yet. I don't think they do. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure germ theory was 1700s. But, yeah, so this is, like, this is very early when they're like, yeah, just try this thing. Um... I don't, I, I mean, if you wrote it down, he must've tried it more than once. (laughs) Yeah, he must've. I wonder what kind of good common sense it gave you. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) Maybe enough good common sense to know that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put poisonous flowers in your wine. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Another early botanist. Now I could not find a name for this one. It just every, like I saw this more than one place. They just said an early botanist. Um, so they suggested that flowers distilled in wine could also restore speech unto those who had the what they called the dumb palsy. So mute. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I wonder if that really worked. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, there's another one that says a decoction mixed with lavender and peppercorns was spread on the forehead and back of the neck to bring someone to their senses. So another one of those. Bring you common sense, uh, yeah. mix it with the wine. <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of like to bring you out of some sort of stupor is how I'm yeah. feeling. Like make you more alert, like bring you around. And I don't know, maybe there's something to like whatever is in Lily of the Valley I don't know, being absorbed into your skin does something like that to you? Makes you you a little... Gives you a heightened awareness? I don't know. I guess. Germans also made a raisin wine with some of the flowers. Yeah, so I saw that in a couple places. Um... And it's, I think it's something that's still done, although I couldn't find like a current winemaker. Now, I was also curious with that one in particular, because when I think raisin wine, I think ice wine. Because I know it's not, I know they're not raisins, but at the time period that this was taken from and written down and translated, I wonder if they were making a sweet wine after the grapes had, you know, shriveled on the vine. And maybe not an ice wine, but, like, that yeah. kind of wine. I mean, yeah, because that's not how ice wine is made. But no, I but, can, but I can't yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't remember what, what it's called when... Like, the concentrated sugars right. and the raisins somehow made, like, I don't know. Exactly. A more potent wine yeah. because there were more fermentable sugars and more raisins used, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But I did see that come up a couple of times. I also found a recipe uh, from an old German cookbook from the 1600s, late 1600s, that had a variety of beverage recipes that were all very, like, Gruet-like, so, like, herbal beer, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, And a lot of those included Lily of the Valley, along with, like, 25 other things. But they were, like, yarrow and sage and mallow plant and this and that and blah, 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 and also some grapes and Lily of the Valley. Okay, interesting. So there was, it was put in there and didn't kill people. Right. I'm just not sure quite what it does. Yeah. That was very unclear. Interesting. 
But it was also thought, along with that same wine vein, that taking the flowers and dipping them into wine and eating them would relieve migraine headaches. Huh. I wonder if that's along the lines of, like, coming to your senses. Like... Mm, maybe. It, like, if, if they didn't really know how to describe headaches and they were like, you know, I'm, I'm off of my senses yeah. because I'm in pain. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a very good idea. I like that a lot. Maybe. But it's, you know, th there are more modern uses uh, for Lily of the Valley and, uh, you know, it's been used historically and slightly more modern for anything from like eye inflammation to strengthen memory and treat depression to treat epilepsy um, like foxglove, it contains a substance that is used to strengthen the heart. So it's a particular, like you have to pull that chemical out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be used for the heart. Uh, occasionally it's called glovewort and it was used to treat sores or chapped hands. And now I saw one instance where it was like, it was used in a love potion. I couldn't find that fucking anywhere else. So I'm calling bullshit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> But as a poisonous plant, like it is incredibly poisonous for animals, but you can, most poisonous plants, not all, but some, if you know what you're doing, you can pull, dilute, whatever, get the bit you want out of it to do the thing you want it to do. So this is where like, we're not going to smoke it. You should not smoke it. You should not eat it. You should not fucking dip it in your wine and try it out for your next headache. You really need to know what you're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Know what you're doing before you start messing around with shit. Same goes for anything, really. Now, you did mention some magical stuff. I, I looked quite a bit for magical stuff and couldn't really find a lot of modern day magical uses for it, which no. I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, I didn't find a lot either. I'm not sure if that's because of its toxicity, because of its tie in later times to Christianity as opposed to um, as opposed to pagan traditions. But yeah, I didn't find a lot either. I did see that was you know most commonly tied to mercury, um, which is also tied to the element of air because it has that sort of soothing, calming, um, tranquility look and smell about it. Um, it's supposed to repel negativity, but I didn't find a lot of like use it in this spell or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, the most, I suppose, magical thing that I saw was that it promotes the longevity in marriages if you plant it in your first garden as a married couple. Uh, and I also saw that you can use it in magical workings to stop harassment. Oh, well, not quite magical, but if it happened, it sure as, should, uh, sure as shit would be. There is a one piece of folklore I read that said the medicinal power of the plant was thought to be so strong that infusions made from it were kept in gold and silver vessels. Ooh. So, wow. I don't know. Not, maybe not magical, but very potent. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> now... You, uh, as a sort of closing thing, in tandem with the fact that we went out to check the garden, couldn't smell it, but <laughs> um, you saw that it is used with a bunch of other plants for fairy gardens. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was close enough to witchcraft and magic and sort of ties in all nicely, but I just thought that was, with our little five sister story, what a cute little idea to have a little yeah, fairy garden. Absolutely. It totally makes sense with the like fairy tale and in like any of the other fae talk that we came across. But yeah, 
uh, I came across a website who, in addition to like listing a few magical properties of it, so that you can create a fairy garden with it if you pair it with plants like primrose, Irish moss, ferns, violets, lavender, oxalis. I think that's daisies. Is it? I don't know. I have no idea. Let me check. Okay. Nope. <laughs> 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 Oxalis is wood sorrel. So it's oh. like the little three-leaf clover plant. Sometimes they're purple, sometimes they're green. Um, yeah, it's wood sorrel. Oh, cool. So yeah, that's like that's like a cute little fairy garden there. That's super cute. Yeah. I immediately was like, I have primroses. Maybe I will move my like move some of those rhizomes over this fall to my front garden next to my primroses. Start a little fairy garden out front. Yeah, maybe. I love I don't that. Know. That's I, got, awesome. I got a little space there. Yeah. Bunch of mischief happening in the front yard then next spring. <laughs> there is mischief happening in this yard all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> there are trees growing where there should be no trees. There are daffodils growing in the middle of the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> this yard is crazy. It certainly has a mind of its own. I'm going to blame the fairies from now on. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> well... That is all the goodness that we could find on Lily of the Valleys that we wanted to share today. And I hope that if you if you see some, smell them. <laughs> let us know what you think they smell <laughs> like. We will for sure follow up to let you know what ours smell like once they bloom. Yeah, <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> and because this is a May episode and we are recording on Mother's Day, we want to just take a moment to say Happy Mother's Day to... To all the moms out there, whether you uh, did it with a partner, or did it alone, whether you are, uh, you know, whether you are a new mom or your mom or mom of grown children, and even if you are uh, a mom who's maybe lost your child or had a miscarriage, still Mother's Day, and I know it's not always an easy day for everyone. So happy Mother's Day to the moms out there and the moms who want to be moms. Hang in there, and we're thinking of you. Heck yeah, moms. We like you. <laughs> Sweet. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Until then, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally. <laughs> <laughs>